When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show brought to you by the Influence Alliance, which is the business building and podcast launch and growth community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable, scalable business while, of course, make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, today we're going to talk about something, a topic which I know many business owners try to avoid because it's not really as exciting, well, this is what I'm hearing, and this guest thinks very exciting and very important as marketing and all of the different tactics that we can use. However, it's so important if you want to build a profitable and scalable business that you start to know your numbers and track your numbers because your numbers will give you so many different uh, opportunities to look at where you can strengthen your business and where you need to focus on, which is why my guest says, know your numbers grow your business. And joining me on today's show is Donna Dube. Now, Donna, she's the founder of Productivity Plus and provides operational excellence to six-figure entrepreneurs through the ongoing strategic partnership. Now, she helps CEOs reach their full potential without burnout and without stress so that they can become, uh, well, they are better at managing their business. Now, she believes that with ease and efficiency in small business, it comes directly from making data-driven business decisions. So on today's show, Donna is going to share how to gain confidence with looking at your data. What data should we be looking at? How to use data to skyrocket your business growth, as well as how to start making smart decisions today that are based on data. So welcome to the show, Donna. Thanks, Anne-Marie. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. And this is uh, definitely a topic, you know, when we talk about data, normally, uh, you know, when I say, I mean, I know I am generalizing, but I'm sure you would agree that many of the clients that you work with, or even the entrepreneurs that you work with, we may think that we know uh, what our data is, but actually we don't. And our data can give us so many different areas of indication of what's working, what's not working well. Numbers don't lie, do they? Numbers Mm -hmm. don't lie. No, they sure don't. You have that right. And, you know, I think, Anne-Marie, a lot of people are fearful of looking at their numbers. And so they may look at a spreadsheet that their accountant gives them or their bookkeeper gives them, you know, once a month or so and look at their profit and say, yeah. I'm doing good. That's okay. And that's enough numbers. They don't want to go beyond that. But really, numbers don't have to be scary. Numbers help you answer questions in your business. What's working? What's not working? 
right? And then you can spend your time focusing on what is working and not wasting time and energy on what isn't working for your business. So they provide so many insights numbers and they really don't have to be scary. They can be displayed in a visual way that's not a scary looking spreadsheet. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes businesses, when they're just starting out, uh, well, you know, Donna, I'm just starting out. So I don't really have that many numbers to track. But I think if you start to create the right habits, if you set up the right, you know, spreadsheet to track the numbers that are important, I think we could accelerate our growth then, can't we? And if we start to manage and get into place when we are small, that will enable us to continue to grow and and not hit a wall because we haven't got those right systems in place. So let's talk about data and gaining confidence. What are some of the things that you see? Let's address this first. What are some things that could be happening that turn people off from even considering, I really need to, to, to look at these numbers. Let's let's get, uh, you know, kind of address those myth truths and then we can start building in. Well, these are the things that you need to start tracking. What are some of those mysteries around numbers? Yeah, for sure, Anne-Marie. I think some of it comes from our upbringing. If we can go back that far, um, I think a lot of people think when they want to look at their data, they have to have a very analytical brain, not a creative brain. They have to be good at math. And that's so far from the truth because Again, if you show that data in a visual way, you're now looking at pie charts and graphs and tables, not looking at formulas on the back end. And so it doesn't have to be scary. You don't have to be a math whiz and you certainly don't have to just be an analytical brain. If you are creative and that's your, your business, no problem. You can still get a lot of insights from your data. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you've just said here, and I'm going to give myself an example and I'll, 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 here in Australia, we've got a term called, I'll pull a mickey on myself, meaning that I'll use myself as a bit of a, uh, an example. And that is, you know, when when my husband often says to me, and I'll, we're, we're on the phone and um, I'm, so where are you? He said, well, if you go north, northeast or something like that, and I go, can you not do the, you know, the southeast, western and um, what's the other one, south, north, you know, I said, just give me a landmark and tell me whether to go right or left. I know really if I had to think about where north is, you know, where the sun rises, where it sunsets. So I have to think a little bit because I don't talk in that kind of language. I know if if I had to do it, I, I would. And I think sometimes is is particularly women, and I hear this a lot, oh, I don't know numbers. I just don't understand them. Actually, you probably do. You just need to take a little bit of time to, to, to familiarise yourself with certain things, not all of them, but at least those key things, and then you'll know where to go. So for me, I'll know where to meet my husband, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Going the north, the south, the west, and the east, um, if I really, really needed to. So, when you look at then at some of the data that we really should be monitoring and tracking for our business, what are the some of the must haves? Yeah. And I just wanted to comment on a, a point you had made earlier is that start this as a foundation. Doesn't matter if your business is what you think is small, if you start this as a foundation, you're putting the right practice in from the get-go. So as you grow in scale, you're already used to looking at those numbers and knowing you know, the health of your business, right? From just looking at, at those numbers and that really helps as you get bigger. 
There was a study released by Forbes a few years ago now, but it showed that only about 50% of small businesses make it past the five-year mark, Mm -hmm. and then only one in three make it to the 10-year mark. And, you know, those are shocking numbers, but I believe a lot of that is probably due to the fact that they're not looking at their data and saying, okay, what am I doing right? Where are the leaks in my business? Where are the opportunities? And how can I expand and grow in those opportunity areas and stop doing where I'm leaking? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So So I know when, um, oops, I think we had a bit of a lag there. That's okay. Uh, Continue. So yes, in terms of where to start, again, don't get overwhelmed. When we look at all the technology we have today, there's so much data swirling around us. Almost every tech program software that you're going to use is going to give you some sort of analytics, right? But again, I say start small. Pick three or four metrics that are going to be really important to you in growing your business for the next 12 months and start there. Don't worry about the fact that the guru you heard about yesterday is measuring this and that your business bestie is measuring that. Just focus on what's most important to you. And so what I tell business owners is take a step back, see where you are now and see your vision for where you want to be in 12 months. Mm -hmm. What things do you have to measure to be able to say, yes, I succeeded. I reached that goal in 12 months. So let's say, for example, one of them is you want to increase your revenue common for most business owners, right? But don't leave it there as increase your revenue, make it measurable. So I want to increase my revenue by 20%, or I want to increase my revenue and be able to bring my profit to this amount, put something measurable on it. And then you can track that over time and see where you're at. At the end of this quarter, where am I compared to where I want to be in 12 months? Am I on target or not? As an example, So, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated, but break it down to what's most important for your business. You know, when you start speaking uh, about some of the things to start measuring and and tracking, and you talked also about technology, sometimes what can be fearful is, well, I don't know how to use all those fancy schmancy, you know, data collections. You know, I remember one of my mentors, who I still respect in the area of business, grew a multi million dollar business still using pen and paper. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she tracked, you know, her numbers, her income. She would set that. How many, you know, uh, if that's my income goal, uh, there are certain parameters. You know, you can't just all of a sudden go, well, I'm going to make a million dollars. There's things that need to be in in place, of course. And so, you know, even from, uh, you know, when you think about, well, how many leads are you getting in? If you want to generate a certain amount of income, What's great about that objective is you can then work backwards, isn't it? Well, how many conversations do I need? Are we tracking? Because tracking numbers, whilst we, and and let's be honest here, ladies, sometimes, um, and I don't know if this happens with the men too, sometimes by not tracking our numbers means that we don't really look through and we we, we don't really like that feedback, do we? Well, it was a sale that I didn't get. However, often what happens, and I'd love some feedback on this, Donna, we miss what is actually working. And then we realise what is the standard average? You know, if we think that we need to, if I've had a conversation with a prospective client, 
client and I don't get a hundred percent conversion. So a client, you know, prospective client says yes. That's actually, you know, one of my my mentors said if that's the case, you're getting a hundred percent means you're not charging enough mm-hmm. because you want a number of people to say no because you can't, you know. So there's certain things that when we start tracking, we realize I'm not doing that bad at all as as I thought. Is that feedback you're hearing too? Yes, most definitely. You know, I started down this track somewhat of an experiment with a client I had, to be honest with you, because I was working in a project management and operations field with um, a business owner, and she was spending a lot of time on all the social media channels and was feeling like she needed to be on all of them all at once. And it it was honestly overwhelming her and exhausting her. And so her solution was, let's hire some more staff to take care of social media for me. And yeah, we could have done that, but I was suspicious that her audience was coming from a certain channel or a couple of channels and that audience was leading to the conversion. So not just her engagement everywhere, but which ones were actually leading to booking a call or making a sale or buying her course, whatever the conversion is for, you know, for each client. And so with her, it was buying her course. And so I said to her, let's experiment. Let's dive into Google Analytics and let's see actually where your traffic is coming from, the traffic that end up buying, which channels they're coming from. And we were pleasantly surprised to find that Facebook actually had the most people looking, engaging and following her. But where her return on investment was, was coming from Instagram. And so most of her Instagram people who did engage with her went on to buy Pinterest, TikTok, all the rest of them were not very high in terms of conversion. And so that really helped her get laser focused and get clarity and say, okay, so if I'm going to put energy into social media and time and resources, I'm going to do it on the channel that's going to bring me the best return on investment. And so those types of insights, I think, really help business owners because it then brings you clarity and reduces the overwhelm. It seems overwhelming at the beginning to think, oh, I don't want to look at my numbers. But when you do and when you learn specific things about your business, it's so helpful then to move forward. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, she had she not investigated and had not identified that and she put all of her efforts into maybe more on Facebook because unknowingly she might have or falsely assumed, well, I'm getting all of my leads and conversions from there. She would not have seen that Instagram was getting the best. So something else that I would love you to share a little bit more on, and you mentioned this, you hinted at this, and often I think it's entrepreneurs, we assume that if things don't happen immediately, then it's not successful. But what I say to people too when it comes to kind of positioning your, your brand message, being seen as, you know, the go-to person for your ideal client, it's consistency and con- well, it's clarity first, consistency and constancy. So, I mean, over time. And so, with the valuable feedback that you can get from data, don't assume that you can get it in a week. A month, you can probably get some a clear idea, but if you do it, say, over a 90-day period, you can then get some, some great numbers. But don't stop there. 
track it constantly. So what would you say around time? Because I think so often as business owners, we launch something and then we go, didn't work, we throw it out and we forget to investigate. Well, what did was working and, and what can I change? Speak a bit more about the time factor. Yes, definitely. So I agree with you that it's not an overnight success. It takes time and it takes time for the data to be able to show any trends or any patterns. And so consistently measuring them, I suggest with my clients that we track that data monthly. So what happens is you can use certain software tools that will feed the data in continuously. But once a month, we stop, we take a snapshot, we look at the data and we look at the numbers, we look at the trends and the patterns and say, okay, what are we seeing here? Is there areas where we're focusing on that are not bringing us a return on investment? Okay, let's stop those. Look, over here is bringing us a return on investment. Let's do more of that. And then the next month, we compare again. Okay, so we put more energy into Facebook, let's say. How did we do? Well, our sales did this, or our revenue did this, or our team time commitment did this. And so you can look at it in so many different ways, not just your revenue, but it does take time. And so continuously monitoring is very important. And at the end of the year, at the end of the calendar year or your business year, whichever um, the corporation is using, it's so insightful to go back and see the whole year in front of you and look at the, the trends. Because oftentimes people will find they may sell a certain product more times a certain month than another month. It could be seasonal. It could be, you know, whatever the, the thing that they're selling, people are looking for that more. Take, for example, someone who does uh, weight loss. They probably have a high sales rate in January, and it might be different in July, right? And so, um, you know, looking at what the product is and how it can change over time is very insightful. And then even comparing year to year as your business grows, oh, wow, last year, you know, our revenue was this, our team was this, and now look where we are. And that can just be really encouraging, too especially if you have a team, just to share that with the team as well to, to, you know, so they can see our efforts are working and we're, you know, I'm contributing to this in, a, in an encouraging way. Yeah. So I, I love how you, when you're talking about data, you're talking about data, obviously financial data to track and monitor. And there's certainly certain systems and programs that will do that. And we're not saying that you necessarily need to go and get an accounting degree or a bookkeeping degree or anything like that. We have people that are able to support us, our team. However, it is very important that we instruct our team, look, these are the numbers that I particularly want you to not only track, but to also report. Um, so we can talk about that in a moment, about what are some of those figures that you would say to someone, these are the things that you need to be mindful of. But you're also talking about other numbers, the data, which mm -hmm. has to do with, with monitoring of the marketing that you're doing, the lead generation, all of that. And as we know, there's a lot of time and energy that we can put in the front end, the marketing, and to make sure that what we're doing is working. Do you have a favourite tool that um, you use to monitor and track, say we look at the marketing um, aspect yeah. of things? Are there things that you recommend that others can maybe look at? Yes, most definitely. So um, with the marketing data specifically, you can find a lot of that in Google Analytics. So if you hook your website up to Google Analytics, it's 100% free. 
Now, Google Analytics, when you go look at the data in there, is kind of scary. It's a bit confusing at the back end. So I don't suggest you, you spend a lot of time looking in there. But what I do suggest you can do is hook Google Analytics up to another Google product called Google Data Studio. And basically what happens is you're feeding the data from Google Analytics into Data Studio, and then Data Studio is displaying it in a visual way. So I think of it like your dashboard in your car. If you were going to take a trip, you know, across the province, you would probably take a look at your gas tank and make sure you have enough gas first before you go. You might take a look, is my engine light on? You know, does my oil need changing? Those sorts of things. And so as a business owner, you can build a visual dashboard like the one in your car right inside of Google Data Studio. It's free and that will give you a lot of insights into your marketing. So you can drill down very far, but you can start you know, with the foundation. So how many people are coming to my website? What kind of things are they doing when they get to my website? Which pages are most popular? How long are they staying on my website? You know, things like this are very insightful because Another simple example, but I had a client who was launching, it was a new program, and the launch didn't go as well as she had expected. And so afterwards, we were kind of digging into the data and saying, okay, what could we have improved? What, you know, went went sideways kind of thing. And we noticed that a lot of mobile users were not staying on the sales page very long. So hmm, let's look. And so we looked further into the sales page. Well, it turned out that the our VA who had built the sales page, just the way it happened, the CTA button, the button that we wanted people to use to take action was lower down on the page, was below the fold. And so people were not scrolling down to see the button and therefore weren't taking action. So it can be a simple thing like that. But that having that data helps you differentiate, okay, why did mobile users not um, stay on the sales page as long as desktop users, for example? Yes. So looking at, you know, how they get to your website, what actions they're taking when they get on your website, which pages are most popular on your website, what are people typing into Google to have your page come up? You know, those types of things can really help. And then taking that a step further, to your leads and, and purchases or your conversions. Yeah, brilliant. And so I, I wonder, does that dashboard then, when we incorporate that into, you know, the, the Google Analytics, does that also take into account uh, some of the social media platform? Because I know that you mentioned when you had a look at the data behind one of your clients, you could see that Instagram was converting more or higher than the others. Does that dashboard that you just spoke about do that or is there other tools that you're using to monitor more from the social media platforms right you can monitor it inside of the google data studio you just need to use um, what we call utm so you need to put a, a little token on the end of the link so that you telling google when people click this they're coming from instagram or when people click that they're coming from facebook so you just need to help google a little bit with um, telling them where the people are coming from, but that's not difficult for someone to um, implement as long as they know how. Yeah. And so um, that's how you can get some of that. And then there are other tools that you can use if you want to integrate, like if you're doing Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads or that kind of thing, and you want to know your um, return on investment, how much a click is costing you, you can find those th that out as well. 
Yeah, there's pixels and things, Facebook pixels and so forth. All of this information is just so important because, you know, there may be certain articles. It's interesting. um, I mean, I really do need to dive further into my Google Analytics. But uh, back in the day when I was, um, it was intriguing to me that one of the highest searched and often found and read article on my website was something that I had written years ago about the tall poppy syndrome, believe Mm. it or not, the tall poppy syndrome. And it still often is looked at. And so, you know, obviously my audience or the audience that is coming there, there is some aspect of confidence and things like that. So, you know, just that information alone can then lead me, well, obviously what what is uh, happening? What are they searching? And so you may not realise that some of the most highly searched topics and keywords and key phrases speak more about that, incorporate that, you know, within what, what you're doing. And so that's really important. Um, and, and of course, we have people such as yourself that can help us get that set up if we're not really sure on, uh, you know, on, on how to set that up. And then it is a matter of, of tracking and, and monitoring. Would you, do you work on kind of, I love 90-day, you know, 90-day goals, 90-day projects, because it gives you a good um, indication. You can go full on, you know, whatever strategies and tactics that you need to be able to do that. Monitor along the way so that you may need to tweak some things, but it gives you a good enough data range, I think, to be able to step back and then really reflect on what worked well, what do we need to change? Do you kind of recommend anything like that when you're working with clients? Yes, definitely. So what I like to do is called a strategic business planning right from the get-go And if I can get the client to agree to it, I like to do it every quarter, like you're saying, every 90 days, because especially in small businesses, we change and evolve. It's rapid sometimes, the the change. And so doing it every quarter really helps us stay on target. And what we do in that business planning is we get a clear picture of what the vision is and, again, what those goals are and how what we need to measure to get there in 90 days. So, um, you know, let's say, for example, one of the things is um, the business owner wants to start a podcast. Okay. So in 90 days, you know, what do we want to have? Well, we want to have the platform sorted out. We want to have so many episodes done. Maybe we want to have so many viewers. Um, We want to have places where we're going to find guests, if we're going to bring guests on, all those sorts of things. And then we, we put that to numbers. And so we have a way of measuring where we want to go. And then we track that, as you're saying, for those 90 days. And then again, we look for the next 90 days. Maybe now our podcast is up, it's running. Now we really want to work on being more visible and getting more reviews on Apple, you know, those sorts of things. So every 90 days is perfect because the things that you want to work on and really, as you say, go all in on can change frequently. And so doing it every 90 days is great. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about the marketing, which I think is really important because unless we're generating leads, unless we're getting visible in some way and choosing what works best for us uh, individually as businesses and really commit to continuing to do that really well, then it comes with the numbers. You know, and I I remember I've had many, many colleagues in the area of uh, finance. And so I've 
benefited and and especially too from you know the wonderful guests that I've had on the show and you know if you track your leads you can increase that and that ultimately is going to if you get in front of your ideal client that's ultimately going to flow down to the bottom line numbers you know increasing the amount of sales that is definitely going to increase your bottom line too um the cost or not the cost but what you're charging can can certainly if you increase the price if you upsell all of those different things can um impact your bottom line as well. But one of the things I think many businesses fail, and I'd love to get a bit of feedback on this, uh, fail to recognise is my business profitable because, and what I mean by that, is the cost of getting that lead so that ideal client in the door, is that cost less than what you're charging them because yeah. if it's not at the end of the day you could increase this and increase this to your heart's content but your figure on your profit and loss you know what you're making and taking home in your pocket doesn't matter so that has to really be looked at doesn't it yes most definitely you made a very good point there Anne marie because it's so true you can look at your profit and loss statement and say oh our business revenue was 500000 this year. We're doing great. But without looking at the details of, okay, but how much did it cost to get that client? How much did I actually make from that one sale? Um, you know, you, there's things that's skewed. And so it's almost like you're looking through a glass that's blurred, <laughs> right? And so you're not seeing the clear picture. So, yes, it's very important to look at the cost per lead or per conversion. Yeah. I remember years ago when, because uh, I, I can geek out on, on, on numbers, even though I am quite a creative, I, I got sort of half, half left and right brain, yeah. which, which can be really helpful in times. But I remember when I was still in a paid, you know, like employed with quotes, uh, job, uh, I was bookkeeping and office management. So we were very much involved in a, a manufacturing company. So we produced um, different shade um, you know, sail cloth um, structures. And we did a costing originally. I didn't do a costing, but someone did a costing on different shade shares. Yeah, shade sales. And then yeah. say that 10 times really quickly. That's hard. So, <laughs> but anyway, so after a, a little while, one of the managers said, Henry, can you please do a, a like a deep dive costing into this because there's something not right. We're not really showing a profit. So I sat beside one of the four ladies and I actually went through what is the amount of cloth that we use? How long does it take one of the machinists on average to sew? All of the little buttons and hooks and everything and costed everything out. And when I came up with what that cost was, that, that which would cost us to manufacture this product it was way under what we were charging selling it for our clients to so no wonder you know we, we can't guesstimate some of those things in some instances especially if labor uh, is involved too we've got to keep that into account and I think as even as service-based businesses how often is it so easy oh it just takes five minutes does it really take five minutes or is it taking you a good hour and we've got to keep that in mind because because the bottom line can be impacted, can't it? If we can um, streamline our process, automate a few things, bring in technology where you don't necessarily need uh, a team member, all of these things can be implemented slowly, strategically, systematically that would make a difference in your business. But unless you start, unless you start somewhere and start small, 
um, and and build to that. It's very hard, isn't it, to make smart decisions. Yes, because you don't have the insight. You don't know that actually your team is taking an extra three hours a week to do this process that could be automated. Like you say, it's not going to happen overnight, but work on it, get it there. Um, And you save that three hours. That's saving you expenses, right? And so obviously we all want to increase our revenue and decrease our expenses. And so, again, looking at that data can really help you with that because you can look at it and say, okay, good, I'm happy where my revenue is now, but my expenses, you know, they're going through the roof and we need to do something. And that's when you can dive in deeper and say, okay, where are my costs actually? And you'll be surprised how many business owners will have systems and and, um, tools that they've signed up for and they're still paying for monthly, but they're not actually using. I know. Right? We've all done that, haven't we? We have yes. all done that. <laughs> because yeah. you think, well, you know, I may need it. It's that that um, fear of missing out, isn't it? Just in case I yeah. may need that phone. That's right. And, um, you know, if you're making six figures, what's $40 a month? You don't think about it, right? It's it's beyond you you know it's not something you're concentrating on but add you know five six ten of those well now you have a big cost every month that you don't need and so you know even diving into those details really helps and so that's why I say monitor it monthly and so what I like to do is meet with the business owner once a month I do a walkthrough video to say okay here's what the data here's the insights I'm seeing and then we have a discussion on the meeting and say okay we're where can we pull? Well, what's happening with your expenses? Well, is that I just hired somebody. Okay, so that's going to go up a little bit or, but maybe hiring them was a good thing because it took something off your plate and allowed you to focus more on, you know, your zone of genius. So it's a balancing act sometimes. So important. And, you know, we may hire someone uh, and we could talk about this all day and uh, geek out on it, but it is so important. You may hire someone, and this is so important and why in a moment, John, I'll give people um, or give you an opportunity, I should say, to share with people how they can connect with you. We may think to ourselves, well, I'm going to hire someone so that they focus on their area of genius and I'm going to focus on mine. However, I think as business owners, we still need to be mindful about where are these people contributing their expertise? Have we given them instructions on what's important, what needs to be monitored, where we need them to be mindful of? Because otherwise, you know, they could, it could become an expense that's not generating you any returns. It could just be a cost that's not generating returns. And I think we need to be mindful about what we're instructing and giving over to our our contractors, our team, isn't it? And and unless we know what that is ourselves, we can't delegate in the best possible way when we're onboarding team. Yes, most definitely. And so just talking about the other area. So I, I look at it this way where there's three main areas that you can measure your data. And so we talked about financials and marketing. And the third one I call operations. So that's your team. That's your client journey, your client experience. You know, if you have a membership, how long are people staying in the membership? What's your churn rate? Right. All these kinds of things. And so, you know, how many hours is my team putting in? to do a certain something and what's my return on investment. Very, very important. Yeah, so, so important. And where do you start? 
you just start. <laughs> you know, it's when when should you have started? Probably way before the time that it is. But the second best time to start is is today. And yeah. so we certainly will invite you to reach out to Donna. Hey, Donna, how can they do that? What's the best way? Yeah. So you can find me on my website, which is productivityplusva.ca. I know it's a long name, sorry. <laughs> but that's uh, you can find me there. You can also find me on social media. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. So, uh, yeah, happy to uh, discuss this further. I could talk about this all day. I know. <laughs> what I love about what you, you're saying, I mean, you've got a spectrum of data across the board. It's not just, you know, a particular area because each feeds the next, isn't it? Each, each impacts um, the other. And, and often I was having a conversation with someone the other day and they said, how do you know where to focus and I, I and this is obvi obviously very relevant to what you're talking about today often as business owners we assume that an issue or a problem that we have is xyz but the problem that we're seeing is often the symptom you know mm -hmm. when it comes to the health of our business the cause is probably a number of steps back yeah you don't know what those steps back are unless we track the numbers. Yes, so, so true. If we don't know the numbers, we're not fixing the right thing. And yeah. so this is where you come in and you're able to go, well, there's a number of different gaps that we can plug. Don't beat yourself up about it. Celebrate it because now you know where to focus your energy to, to plug up those gaps. And then often I think once businesses do, and this is uh, where we're finished, I think when you start working with someone, Donna, and they do put, the systems and the processes in place, you see them building momentum far quicker and the results start to come in a lot quicker too because there's not all of these, um, you know, um, money that's filtering through all of the cracks. Yes, most definitely. You know, Emory, it's kind of interesting because when I first start working with someone, they know that they have to look at their numbers enough, but they're not usually comfortable with it and they're not just quite sure how this is going to go. Mm -hmm. And so the first few meetings with them and, you know, getting out what is most important data to measure for them and building the actual dashboard, they're still questioning, hmm, you know, when am I going to actually get out of this? But yes. then, like you say, after, you know, three or six months of actually looking at the data and making changes in their business, that's when they see they can just skyrocket their growth because they see, okay, this is an area I need to concentrate on you know, I'm going to stop or at least reduce my time there and really focus in on what their clients and their customers really need. Yeah, so important. And just like, uh, I don't know whether um, some people do this. I know I did. I used to clean before the cleaner came. Or I've also heard, because I've got some wonderful clients and, and colleagues too who do, um, per, you know, per, per personal styling. And one of the, one of the, uh, support that they do, the, the services they offer is to go in and clean out someone's wardrobe and people are embarrassed. Often they'll say, yes. oh, I said, don't worry about it. So I just want to say, you would be saying, don't worry about what we may find under the covers. I've, you've probably seen it all. Yeah. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Let Donna go into where the figures are. And she may come back and say, actually, it's not that bad at all. Yeah. Uh, but here's some of the things that we need to do. So please reach out to Donna because 2022, I think, for, for many people, what you've been doing is working, but there's just some things that may be limiting that growth because you're not tracking uh, the right data. 
And um, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today, Donna. Thank you for sharing and speaking out for a topic that I know many um, people will, as we started the show, say, oh, I don't really know that about my numbers. I hope and I'm sure that people have become far more empowered and data, numbers, not a dirty word. It's actually quite exciting, <laughs> isn't yeah. it? I someone yeah. works with someone like Donna who gets excited about those numbers. Yes, that's right. You know, and I think the thing is from the outside, people say, oh, that's not very sexy. But think about it. If you could increase your revenue and decrease your expenses by looking yeah. at your numbers, it might be worth it. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny that you should say that. One of my uh, current mentors, she she says she, the sexy, sexy numbers. She geeks out of them. They're sexy numbers because once you start monitoring and tracking them, the growth can occur. You just tweak a few things and you'll see um, how that can impact, uh, you know, the whole, as you say, the customer journey, um, the profits increase, and then you can reinvest in, in more team and just continue to Continue to do what you know is working and numbers don't lie and, um, you know, that that consistency can then continue to grow. Donna, thank you once again for coming on the show and for giving your time. Please reach out to Donna and uh, find out more about how she might be able to support you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Anne marie I enjoyed it. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.